Welcome back, conscious listeners. Today is all about stages of change and how we can experience deeply profound change and how change moves us. And when we're ignited into this place of wanting to change out of our own discomfort, the change usually starts with that catalyst, right? Like we're always going to have a conscious relationship with what is causing us distress and what is causing us um, the stress and the tension that we are experiencing and that we want to change. And so when we're looking for change, it gets to be really simple. It gets to be small. It gets to be sustainable. And when we experience transformation in this way, it becomes about the process rather than the end goal. And when we're working with human behavior and when we're working with the subconscious mind, it's going to require us to go inward in order to balance our perceptions. So when we believe something so strongly, we get to counterbalance that and figure out a list of 20 to 100 ways where like someone on the other side of that spectrum would be cutting from. So when we're so set and fixed in our mental ways, there's always an opportunity to look exactly, to take a 180 and see what the exact opposite end of the spectrum is perceiving and conceiving and believing. So it's kind of the same way that a caterpillar has to liquefy in order to transform into a butterfly. The journey feels like death. It is death. All death becomes new life. And this journey takes time, space, rest, all of the things for rejuvenation and rebuilding as we recalibrate, as we rebalance, as we're getting the nourishment and the nutrition that we need, whether that's physical nutrition, whether that's the nutrition of our environment, like the nutrients we're getting as we're digesting our environment, like 70% of our immunity is our digestion. Our gut is our knowing, our intuition. And when that is clogged and interfered with substances or chemicals or compounds that we layer on, it's hard to be in touch with our intuition. But when we know our truth in that sense, and when we know how we can trust, then we know life is getting ready to look different. And as I was mentioning with the caterpillar liquefying in order to turn into a butterfly, through the growing pains of transformation of life looking really, really different, life can teach us the opposing view of our own so that we can create a more sustainable life. And transformation allows us to discover hidden insights about ourselves and to bring awareness to the behaviors surrounding these perceived challenges that we have in our lives. Our lives are always going to be filled with stress, but when we have the tools to counteract this and to balance this, that is what allows us to transform. And when we can discover how to bring a greater awareness to our behaviors and to our perceived challenges, that is when transformation is subtle and profound and wowing, right? It's in these small magic moments during our journey 
that we navigate through change. So again, discomfort is the catalyst for change. Oftentimes we are taught in this culture to wait until we're sick or to wait until things go wrong before we correct them or autocorrect, or we like to use the term fix, right? But when we're experiencing discomfort, it's not really about fixing it because the discomfort is going to be the lesson of what it is that we need to move through it, right? So if the discomfort gets really, really big, we can't just like kill it. It's not going to go away. It's there to teach us something. So we have to lean in. Anytime you hear me say lean in, what that means is expanding into the tolerance of being with and without judging, without wanting it to change, without taking on meaning for what it is, we get to literally observe it and notice it for what it is. So through our thoughts, through our beliefs, through our feelings, even our sensations, discomfort creates this sense of urgency for change. And I heard a beautiful quote today and it said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And it reminds me that when we're in this state of discomfort, the reason we need urgency for change is because we've kind of allowed so many other moments up until this noticeable discomfort to take over or to like admit into our lives, even if it wasn't fully in alignment, right? So when we experience symptoms or unwanted behaviors that emerge and erupt from the discomfort and just to be able to compensate for the distress response, it's usually when it catches our awareness, right? Being in pain or not knowing that we have the ability to live life in an even different way or like a better way, sometimes we don't even know what options are available to us because our own discomfort becomes normalized because maybe that's the only feeling we've ever felt, right? And when we experience discomfort and chaos, we know that there are deeper chances to enter the body. And we know that there's room to experience the body, experience the flow and being open to what we get to learn from ourselves. So over time, if, or as our intensity of discomfort increases, then we have to increase our desire to do something different. Otherwise nature universe, God source is going to present that and show it, show it for us as humans. We are made to evolve and grow and change and whether or not we embrace the change, the change is going to happen anyways. So we can either embrace it consciously, or we can let life happen and react and respond. But what I recommend is having a healthy balance in between the two. So moving through that discomfort, when we're aware of our challenge, when we're aware of what it is that we're either avoiding or what it is that we're distracting from, we figure out that we have an emotional intolerance to feeling the challenging emotion or the challenging sensation. And when we're setting ourselves up to feel this way or setting our environment up to feel this way, it becomes our baseline marker for where we're starting and sort of this roadmap of where we're headed. 
And when we get to lean into the challenge and build our awareness for greater understanding and acceptance, then we can peel back layers to reveal more truth of self. We get to enhance our sense of self-trust. And then as we integrate at our own pace, at our own timing, we're rewiring and rebuilding new highways in the brain. And because these new pathways are representing the roads that are less traveled, it takes repetition after repetition to create the new pattern. And this is an expected part of the process. You know, growth is not linear. We know this. We've experienced non-linear leaps, sometimes quantum bounds. And as we create space for these glitches to arise and to work themselves through, we get to embrace them because we're human. And because we're human, we fluctuate. We will, we'll always fluctuate. And to be able to integrate is that willingness and that courage to be vulnerable and to feel the challenges while simultaneously letting them move through us. Even if you want to like hold your challenges in your hands, metaphorically, right? Like just that representation and metaphor of being able to hold two things simultaneously and being able to move through. Because as we know, discomfort becomes that ticket to seeing our challenge all the way through time and time again, looking at our past versions of self and noticing, gosh, that's how my past version of self would have handled that challenge. But my current self is overcoming it in a whole different way that my past self didn't even know was possible, right? We end up knowing that we're integrated when these symptoms and behaviors start to dissipate and naturally decrease as a direct result of increasing and expanding and leaning into what the pain or what the discomfort has to teach us, right? When we experience pain, it's our teacher. When we attach a story or a meaning, then it's become suffering. And that's not really necessary, especially in this new paradigm that we're entering. So as we increase our tolerance and we expand more into what's presenting, we can now learn from our past, learn from where we've been and hold space for where we're going. And as we increase our ability to minimize the distress through figuring out self-soothing strategies and better handling the things that once felt impossible, then we know that we're at our next level of self. We know that every time we graduate to the next level of self, we're going to experience the novelty and the newness, right? We're going to experience the anxiety that comes with starting something new, being a beginner and not being good at something because when it's new, it feels so big and foreign and overwhelming because we've never done it before. There's no certainty. There's no predictability. We have no idea, right? We're creating new pathways in our brain and we're trusting ourselves a great deal. And we're investing in ourselves because we are our greatest asset. And so when we know when we're ready for the next challenge, then we get to embrace whatever we're stepping into with confidence. And the final piece that I'll mention today about this um, stage of change and growth is that we might face resistance. In fact, I think of resistance as a rubber band pulling backward and creating tension in order to 
allow when that divine timing is right, allow us to release and propel into the future version of ourselves, but not a moment sooner, right? I think of it as the brain's last ditch effort before surrendering to the idea of doing something different and kind of buying into the idea that doing something different is going to benefit us. The brain is very compelling. It needs a lot of convincing, but a lot of the time it's like it's just wanting to survive. So it's kind of like that quote when people say exercise in the morning before your brain figures out like what you're doing, right? Because when we're creating all these tears in the muscles and when we're like becoming stronger, it can feel some type of way, right? It's like building muscle. When the weight goes against us, it's going to create change, but you know what it's going to also come with? We're going to feel sore. We're going to feel tired. We're going to feel exhausted. We're going to feel ready to quit. And these are all normal responses. And something that I've been doing lately to increase my natural dopamine is I've been taking cold plunges, cryotherapy. I've been dipping my face in a bowl of ice water for 15 seconds. And what this does is it releases dopamine naturally more sustainably so that we don't have to go to these extremes to be rewarded and then like allow that dopamine to release over time. So it feels more sustainable. And again, reminding yourself that the resistance is there for protection, but we get to move with it. And we're going to keep doing this over and over again until it gets easier, until we adopt, because that's our nature. When we adapt to the stress of change, then we get to become like confident that we can do it, you know, and, and it's going to take that repetition because the brain loves repetition. The body loves repetition, but just knowing that resistance happens when we're right around the corner from change. And when we feel capable of managing and dealing with it for our best selves. So We get to move through resistance together and it gets to be a team effort and we don't have to do it alone. Even if it's those moments that feel really lonely and that feel really isolating and that feel really um, heavy or deep or existential or tragic, right? We get to lean in because in hindsight and just knowing that when we look back, we're going to wonder why didn't we enjoy ourselves a bit more? Why didn't we embrace that a bit more? Because our future self learns and understands that the new challenges are certainly what we can handle. And yeah, coming back to the moment and realizing, you know what, I could have enjoyed that a little bit more. And just remembering that, that that is okay. You were exactly where you are supposed to be. And Yeah, I wanted to also take a moment to let you guys know that I have been in the pause breathwork experience. I am becoming a pause breathwork facilitator. And I talked about pause back in November on the podcast when I started the program. And right now I am doing practice sessions to get some experience with virtual breath work. And I would love if you would like to be a practice client, I'd love to breathe with you. If that's something you're interested in, 
And so this is my plug for pause breath work. It is phenomenal. And if anybody would like to experience it, you can head over to my website, magicmomentsplay.com slash scheduling. And there you will find my Calendly, which has my schedule. You'll find the links for an integrative session, which is sort of like a daily eight minute session. And you'll also find the meditative session, which is more of a relaxing and altered state and meditative kind of before bed type situation. So if breathwork interests you and you would like to be a practice client, I would love to have you. You're welcome to get a group of friends together and sign up. There's um, each session can have up to eight people. And so if you are interested in that, the only requirements are to fill out a medical questionnaire and a liability form, because as a practice session, I will be um, required to get feedback. So I'll receive feedback from you in exchange for breathwork. And I'm so passionate and excited to share this with you all. And yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to let me know. The breath is the one thing that brings us to the present moment. It's the one thing in the here and now. It's also the one thing we can deeply call forward and lean into and create with. And so I invite you to become more curious about your breath. And you may be thinking, gosh, like, I don't know, like, what is this breath work stuff? Like, do I really need to learn how to breathe? I've been breathing my whole life. I kind of thought the same thing too. I was like, wow, this is very interesting, but what it actually allows is it fosters a deep awareness and a space holding that I've never experienced before. You know, like how often do we really in a group setting, especially allow ourselves to slow down and allow ourselves to connect to ourselves while others are connecting to themselves. And we're in the presence of that together. I experienced this in play therapy, but it's so profound to experience with breath as well. And so that's another thing that I get a lot is, is breath work recommended for kids? And if it is used with kids, it's usually with the integrative techniques. So more of like the waking world, um, bliss breath and blow breath. And yeah, we'll get into all of that if you so choose. And if you're interested, if it sparks interest, feel free to share that link with others as well. Again, it's magicmomentsplay.com slash scheduling. And you can read about breath work and about pause through all of the links there. And I look forward to connecting soon. I wish you guys so much love, so much abundance, so much spaciousness this week. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. Take care.